just a few weeks ago, I went to visit Derek at his home on his birthday. It was the last time I saw or spoke with Derek. I was so glad to be able to spend that time with him, just a a few moments, because he didn't have a lot of energy. But we still laughed together. We talked about the goodness of God, even in the midst of his suffering from stomach cancer. But we did have some serious moments. At one point during our time together, Derek said to me, Nathan, I used to think that living was hard, but dying is so much harder. I remain so grateful for his honesty in in those moments with me. It was a ministry to me. Confronting the reality of death is so hard because it represents at least two things that are deeply unsettling to us as human beings, whether we are fully conscious of them or not. First, it represents a disruption of God's perfect will for each person. When God formed Adam from the dust of the earth, he breathed his very own breath of life into him. And that breath is what you and I are breathing right now in this moment. And it was never supposed to end. Life and life abundant was God's plan from the beginning and it's still God's plan. It's still God's desire for each of us. It's indeed God's desire for Derek and for you. Second, For many of us, confronting the reality of death represents the uncertainty of the future. No one anticipated that Derek would develop cancer in his stomach. None of us could know, just as I didn't know when I went to visit him on his birthday, when the last moment we would speak with Derek would be. This kind of uncertainty easily becomes fear. Fear of loss, fear of pain, fear of the unknown. So when we honestly confront death, just as Derek did, we know that it is a hard thing to endure. It is a hard thing to die. It leaves us with many questions about where God is and what he's doing and may even leave us afraid for our loved ones and for ourselves. Yet God's word is not silent regarding the uncertainty and fear surrounding death. God's word speaks to us a word of life and hope. At the same time, God does not pretend that death is easy. God does not pretend that death does not hurt. So it is right for us to mourn. It is right for us to grieve our loss today. It is right for us to lament the fact that physical death remains a daily reality for us. In fact, 
not only is it okay for us to grieve, but God grieves. God grieves with us. Just a little bit later in the story that we began in John 11 just a few minutes ago, just a little bit later in that story, it's one of the most profound moments in all of the Bible to me personally. Jesus has gone to be with his friends. Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus has died. And when Jesus saw Mary, who's Lazarus' sister, weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. So there Jesus is, seeing where they've laid the body of his friend. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. God sees our pain and he shares our pain. And yet that pain does not have the final word. God sees our loss and he shares that loss. But that loss is not forever. God weeps with those who weep, but the tears will be wiped away. You see how he loves us. God's plan was and is for life. And while sin did indeed enter the world when Adam and Eve stopped trusting in God for their life, for their very breath, the story doesn't stop there. And it it couldn't because the God that we worship is not a God that will stand by and let the people he loves be overcome by evil. He won't do it. And that's why he inspired the prophet Isaiah to remind his people that as long as they stay in his presence, as long as they turn to him for life, as long as they're in relationship with him, that's what Mount Zion represents in the Bible. All that being in the presence of God and in relationship with God. Even physical death will not last forever if that's where you are. So we read on this mountain... Zion in his presence the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine well refined and he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples the veil that is spread over all nations, that veil is the, the veil of mourning that the ancient people would put over their faces at the death, death of a loved one. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. God gives us a word of life and of hope in these moments. And I think of the sweetness of this promise of a meal for Derek who in the end couldn't eat anything much and not even Holy Communion but those of us that join him 
with the Lord in the presence of the Lord will share with him in a feast to end all feasts. And in fact, we're going to have a foretaste of that in just a minute. The veil that we so acutely feel today gets thinner when we come to the table. And it's going to be lifted totally and death will be swallowed up and we will be comforted totally and completely one day. But I want you to know that this promise really isn't just for the future. That there are moments where it breaks into the present. Yeah, we wait for ultimate reunification with Derek. We wait for his body to be raised from perishable ashes to imperishable glory. Nevertheless, we don't have to wait in anxiety, in uncertainty. We don't have to acknowledge death with fearful dread of the unknown because courage in the faith face of death isn't just a possibility. It's a reality that is available to you today. I saw it in Derek. He had that. Has it. And that's because God has already made good on that promise for the future by sending his son, Jesus, 2,000 years ago. See, just like Adam and Eve, we sin. And we let that into our lives and into our bodies. And so physical and spiritual death happens. But Christ's sinlessness, that's what allowed him to take death with him to the grave. See, we sin. So he had to die in our place because we sin, we start to die, and we have no power over that. Jesus never sinned. And because he was both a human being and God incarnate, then he had the power to defeat death by taking it on himself. And that's something you and I could never do, but that's exactly what he did. And so he was raised from the dead in the power of the Holy Spirit as confirmation and vindication that death is not the final word for those who find themselves in relationship with him. God has spoken through the prophets and he has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ, that death is not the final word. Life is the final word. And so his own resurrection body, which was scarred, but healed, able to be touched, and yet no longer destined to decay. Jesus' resurrection body is the promise, the sign, the, the seal that you and me and Derek can be resurrected in the same way. And in a sense, we do die to ourselves spiritually. But only by leaving behind those attitudes, actions, and affections that lead us to physical and spiritual death. When we turn to Jesus, see, we're forgiven for all that, and we're turning to real life. We might be turning away from a, a kind of life that's not really life, old destructive desires. But those are things that really only lead to death. 
But when we turn to Jesus, we're turning towards spiritual, eternal life. And when we follow him, we receive that same spiritual life. Think about this with me. The same spiritual life that conquered death becomes ours. We share in that. And it's a gift. It's grace. It's all because God loves us. And that same life, that same Holy Spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead, that same power, empowers us to follow Jesus all the way, not just through spiritual death, that's, that's coming, but also physical death, which most of us will also likely encounter. That same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave will bring us through even physical death like a tunnel. Now this takes trust. It takes faith. It takes perseverance to follow Christ in this. But it's his spiritual life working in us that will make it happen, that will raise us up now and in the future. And when we believe it, we can live in light of it. And when we live in light of it, everything changes, even death. We sing with joy, along with the biblical writers, in the face of death, something we could never sing if this gospel word of life isn't true. And that's this, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? We can sing that, say it, believe it right now. We are free, free to serve and love without any kind of fear knowing that for us, every good work has lasting significance no matter when or how this part of our eternal life ends. St. Paul wrote, thank God, thank God. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord for you know nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Derek may have had some moments and some areas of physical weakness like all of us, but to me, strong and immovable in good works describes Derek to a T. I am reminded of his persistence in helping others. He was such a faithful helper. We had a root on top of our roof out here that uh, I couldn't reach. And uh, until I took care of it or somebody took care of it every Sunday, he was like, Father Nathan, make sure you take care of that root before it falls on somebody's head. He didn't want to let it go because he was thinking ahead to other people. And you know what? He was actually especially concerned for the children. He lived a life of persistence in helping others, faithfulness and good works. Faithfulness in prayer. Sent me texts all the time. Not usually asking for prayer for himself, but asking me to join him in prayer for someone else. He had a constant desire to live in light of things that are true and beautiful. I asked Derek a few times over the past several months whether or not he was afraid. And he always told me he wasn't. 
he always said that while he would like to be healed immediately, he trusted that God only had good things in store and that this was just something he had to go through. He trusted that God was calling him closer to himself even through days and weeks and months of suffering. He trusted along with Martha in John 11 that Jesus really is the resurrection and the life. It was Derek's faith and trust in Jesus as the resurrection and the life that animated his abundant life all the way to the end. An abundant life of sacrificial service, of time appreciating nature, of being creative and artistic as a photographer, of enjoying loving family relationships. It was his faith and trust in Jesus as the resurrection and the life that allowed him to confront death with so much courage and certainty that this physical passing away was not his ultimate end. It couldn't be his ultimate end. And so that means he was also sure that it's not your ultimate end or my ultimate end either. I'm so grateful for Derek's witness in this. Derek passed away, as we say in church sometimes, in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. So may we all take Derek's witness to the good news of Jesus to heart. God has swallowed up death. He has made a way for each of us and for all of us to share with Jesus in his resurrection and eternal life, starting today, starting right now, as we place our trust in him, as we follow him. We each have an opportunity right now to turn from death, to heed Derek's witness, and to turn toward our only way through death, which is by receiving spiritual and eternal life in Jesus right now. So, turn to life and turn to Jesus. Amen.